1: I'm Brian Tedda, executive producer of The View. It's Wednesday and I'm here with Sarah Haynes. This is Behind the Table. Okay, we are here with Sarah and uh, we have a couple of threads we're going to follow up on and some interesting things. The season, you know, I've worked with you now for six, seven, eight years, yeah. something like that, and and Sonny and all of you guys, and over time, I feel like I got to know you pretty well, and things get comfortable. People fall into yeah, roles. definitely. However, this season... Things seem to be changing. Things seem to be shaking up. Suddenly, um, the very demure Sonny Hostin is interested in talking about Oh my sex gosh, the and, naked body thing. I mean, it's it's a whole different Sonny Hostin. And then also the, uh, the, the very sweet Sarah Haynes has developed I think the charitable version of it is a, a potty mouth. On the show, you're the one I worry the least about. You're the one less likely to just drop a swear word in the middle of the show on live television.
2: It's becoming a Bit of an issue this week, this okay. year. What's going on? So that is dishonest. You know I'm a potty mouth in my own life. Not on TV. You're careful. On TV. I am. But the first time I should have told you this in my job interview, I was on Kathy Lee and Hoda. I swore. Mm-hmm. And then my problem is when I swear, I usually double down. There's always one right behind it. So noticed I noticed that. So like sneezing. So the executive producers, boys, who I adored, literally found the clip on YouTube And sent it to me because it wasn't loud like FCC. It was whispered in a game huddle. Right. And I thought, there goes my entire career. So I started this way.
1: Okay. And then you just you, you dialed back and now in your old in your old age, you're just letting it rile. One, I'm not yeah. old. Uh-huh. Um,
2: two, I've always been a potty mouth. So <laughs> let me just go ahead and confirm you are not surprised. You're right on air. And the lawyer scared the bejeebies out of me. I mm-hmm. was once at an event where one approached me and told me what I had said and I it like I actually like I felt like I was in the principal's office. I started to sweat and I was by myself and I was like, that was a mistake. I, of course, didn't mean that. And like I went home and I like cried to Max. I was like, I got in trouble with a lawyer. You know, with with
1: some of the other hosts we've had on the show, uh, you know, sometimes I'm ready for it. I'm on the lookout for it. Megan McCain yeah. comes to mind. She would occasionally drop something. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg any given day could, you know, get somewhere. Um, I, I'm not really that on, you, you and Sonny, I kind of relax my guard, but Anna Navarro swears in oh, several she languages. she swears in many
2: languages, which yeah. is more offensive. Well,
1: she tries to sneak by in Spanish. Broadens audience, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm watching for all that, but, but moving forward, we're going to work on it.
2: I'm definitely working on using my, not my lazy words, but my smart words.
1: Okay. Well, this is, this was, speaking of Anna Navarro, last week we, she was on the podcast and we uh, had a conversation on Friday. Um, following up on that morning's Hot Topics oh, or meeting. is she,
2: she picking on me being happy? Yeah. yeah,
1: it's it's about how you come into those meetings too happy, too uh, bright and shiny, and it's a little bit annoying for her. <laughs> um, where does that positivity come from in the morning?
2: So I wouldn't even call it positivity. I would call it gratitude because okay. I don't think I'm... I've I've met chirpy, happy people. They don't drive me crazy. I always want to have whatever they're having, but I'm not that, and you have known me for years. I do... Battlesome lows, some some anxiety as well. And I think when you know what it feels like to suffer to some level, I'm putting that in perspective. There are people that suffer greatly. I'm not saying that. But when you felt the other side of the coin, you often are so grateful when days feel okay. So right. they very quickly become smiley and happy because you're just grateful to be in one of those good days. Are you trying to lift the room when you're in a no, positive mood? No, I'm feeding off you? them. It's all selfish. It's not for anyone else. It's okay. um, I legitimately Max would say he goes you wear before I was ever on TV. I I wore myself out in a day with you know passing the guy that gave me coffee, going to the dry cleaners, because I feed off other people's energy. Coming to a place like the View with such a great staff. That is what turns it on. So I blame all of you. It's not my fault.
1: Well, for a, as I said, for a room of morning television show hosts, there are not a lot of morning people in the room. Um, and that goes for producers and myself as well. So I personally enjoy the the, the happy uh, smiles and everything else in the morning. But
2: Well, what, wait, one other saying, though, that's hit me lately is you are living right now in one of your good old days. It only becomes a good old day when you're looking back. But you we spend our lives looking back at moments that we have right now to own or to, you know, uh, maximize and we pass them off in a hurry or in a mood. And then we look back and long for them. That's just not a race you're going to win. Yeah. So remember that today is a good old day for some point in your life and just live it that way.
1: All right. You got profound on the podcast. I like it. I
2: read it in a fortune cookie. (laughs) Fantastic.
1: All right. Well, let's see what else. Uh, We talked a little bit today about uh, letting your hair go gray and not wearing makeup. What are your thoughts there that we haven't said on the show?
2: Well, I'm just a fan whenever people break with the mold. One thing I didn't get, I don't think I got to say it on the show, but Kathy Lee and Hoda once did an episode where we all went makeup free. Mm -hmm. And then another one where we talked about our number, which was weight and tried to get the conversation started as to why are we so scared of these numbers why do we avoid it why do we put so much obsession in it i totally i'm i'm not someone that's a big for myself a gray hair advocate i like my highlights i've had them for a long time i enjoy it but i think societally we've seen everyone turn into the cat woman you know, visually, every, you know, the cat woman, mm-hmm. like people have become obsessive. People have died as a result. Like it has gotten so out of control that we've kind of when we talk about um, older people and appreciating them, we talk about we, we don't listen to their Sonny was saying this, like their wisdom and all that they share in other cultures. Elderly people are not this obsessed with their physical appearance. There's a wisdom to time. When you have a wise, older person, Mm -hmm. there's a certain grace and understanding to the vehicle you're living in that is not you. And I hope that I can enhance along the way but never change the substance of who I am on the outside. And I think we're seeing major body dysmorphia. It started with weight, and it has always been in beauty. Yeah, well, it's
1: interesting. I mean, it's it's an interesting conversation for our show, which is generational as much as anything else. I mean, right now we have people on the show in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and now 80s. I mean, it's really an interesting conversation. You want to talk about the best possible uh, aging gracefully and beautifully, Joy Behar, who looks relatively the same as she did 40 years ago. Yeah, she refuses
2: to do things that transform her face. Like, she's like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. So and that doesn't mean she doesn't do anything. Like people often mistake. Well, I I know you do inject. Yes, I'm all about enhancing. I'm not about changing. I think that's the problem. Is you're almost unrecognizable in this day and age when you see the way social media, the pressures for young girls. You mentioned your girls. If beauty is always that image of these people that are all done up, how will they ever appreciate the faces they were born with? Yeah, well, and just- you know, as a dad, like when I look at my kids, I know my kids aren't perfect, but I wouldn't move a hair on their faces, like I, or a, a little freckle. To me, I'm like, oh. God, he's brilliant! Like this little baby, like they're so cute. And to know one day they'll look and say, "But, my, but, Dad, I'm not pretty." Like, mm. how, wouldn't that break your heart?
1: Yes, it would. It would. And it's impossible. My, my kids goal are beautiful. is to
2: make you cry someday. Someday it'll happen. Um,
1: all right. One of the topics we did on the show yesterday was about the original Tiger Mom now saying she regrets being so strict. I asked Sonny this question yesterday. I'm curious for your answer. Who is the strict parent? You or Max? I think I know. Both of us.
2: Ooh. We're both we worry we're bad cop, bad cop. Mm-hmm. The difference is that it took a babysitter uh, who works with who's with our kids when we're at work telling me, Sarah, you you need to stand firm. You you cave on the punishment sometimes, which makes me a weaker You know, like they say, Papa doesn't give in. Alex said the other day, Mama, you're so nice because when you give us one more chance, there's always one more behind it. And I was like, oh, like that's the worst thing you can hear because it means they know that they're not. But um, I am the one that raises my voice the most. And in that tiger mom thing, I I don't regret being disciplined. I'll probably look back someday being strict and realize I was probably strict about the wrong things. Like I think that's what wisdom and time gives you. Yeah. But the part I really regret is the yelling because my mom yelled. I hate hearing myself yell. And when my voice goes, it's not deliberate. It's not a technique. It's purely reactive. And see, I hate that.
1: See, in my in my house, so I'm not a yeller. I've always been like the, the softer one at home. But what I found lately is I'm being more, as they get You're older. You're more, prudish with, I'm more prudish with the rules. I'm more prudish with the rules and more conservative as they're getting between the yep. and teeny. And then now my, uh, they keep saying to me like, Dad, we're going to talk to mom because you don't get it because this is girl stuff. And that's why we're spending money on like makeup or why we're allowed to watch this movie about, you know.
2: I don't envy I, the, I, the hard years because girls are like complicated. It. And being a dad, like when you watch your girl, I've seen pictures. I've known your little girls since they were little. Yeah. This is where I would start to get that uncomfortable feeling of, oh, geez, like they're transforming right before you. And I think trying to hold on to the little girls. You guys posted birthday photos the other day and. They were babies. Those yeah. were the babies you held. Yeah. It is very hard to let go in these phases. Don't yeah. cry, Brian. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, and I like being the fun guy, so I got to figure out You're how You're always that. the fun guy, and they will know that for the rest of their lives. It's just not on the girl stuff right now.
1: Yeah, I guess so. What happened at bedtime last night? I heard there was a story.
2: Oh, oh, gosh. So- Right when I saw the topic of yelling at your kids can be so damaging, I picked the topic before I even read the article because I knew it was going to trigger me and I was going to think about it. We talked about it. We talked about it again here. Max is gone right now, and I was putting the kids to bed by myself, and inevitably, it's always at bedtime. It's when my tank is low, and I was starting to get mad at the kids, and I was raising my voice, and I kept thinking, like, it was in my head. Don't yell at the kids. Don't yell at the kid. And then, of course, I yelled at the kids. I start to turn off the lights, and I look at Alec and Sandra. They're in bunk beds. And I said, you know, Alec, let me just really quickly apologize uh, for getting so impatient. Um, I'm really sorry. And Sandra goes, it's okay, Mama. And Alec goes, it's okay, Mama. This is hard. And I was like, oh. And then you, like— doesn't help with the guilt because I kind of love he could see it and I always remind myself just being able to apologize is a step better than just screaming because you're letting them know I'm struggling here and I I don't know how to do it right every time. I never got that growing up. So I'm like, I'm still doing damage. (laughs) I'm still yelling, but I am owning it and trying to come back and say that was mama's fault. You know, so well,
1: they're therapists of the future. Well, thank you.
2: Well, they're definitely going to be on a couch somewhere.
1: Yeah, sure. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This is according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Woodward and Bernstein. Pen and paper. Wine and cheese. What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're delivering daily digests or serving sensational scoops, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash view.
1: Um, all right. Speaking of uh, something that almost sent me to the couch last week, we were you and I weren't in our best place. Um, you know, we had a little bit of we had a little bit of drama, uh-huh. and, and it was about it was about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Um, yes, you know, we we went back and forth a couple of rounds, and uh, it got a lot of pickup. Did you notice that? Yeah, which was kind of the reason you didn't want to do it in the first <laughs> place.
2: Playing into the publicity arm of yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. In the end, the the podcast got quite a bit of pickup, and. Um, it, it, it was presented in an in a aggressive way. Tell me now, has your stance on Taylor and Travis changed in the subsequent weeks, another week of football, another week of No, it's of only news.
2: solidified exactly <laughs> what I said from the beginning. But my thoughts on this, which I don't think were translated right, is I'm a Taylor Swift fan. I actually sure. love her music. You and I were at a concert. Yes, we not were Not together. At... This was not a, like we're not sharing secrets. No. I was with your wife and your daughters, yes. and I was with my friend. But point being, I love a Taylor Swift. I Rep- think she's. Reputation tour. Yep, yeah. mm-hmm. that's the one. Um, I, she's brilliant. She's a genius. But working in this business, I've become cynical because I've watched headlines that are just not true. And my common reaction is, oh my gosh, people can write anything. I've also learned that. When it comes to a storyline in a song, people are talking about what this means. It is always publicists' hands mixing things up and getting things talked about. It's how all the best people you know that are superstars do it. It's not a shade at them. It's why they're brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's So when I said it, I wasn't coming for Taylor Swift. What I was saying is if she was subtly really – Wanting to do something, she knows she has to enter from you know the back door. Or she has to play it cool. When you see lots of cameras and people following them around, usually they know they're there. See, for me,
1: I think a couple things can be true. I think she can be dating Travis Kelsey. It could be a real having relationship. Having a great time with him that she's interested in, and at the same time, the people and machinery around her are probably like, "Oh, we should maximize this moment that's happening."
2: I I think there's a little more to it. She might be dating him, and she. She can date anyone she wants. Like, she's in a power position of whatever. I also think that bringing all the A-listers, being in the suite, being in the they're leaning in. It's like they know what they're – it doesn't – I don't care. That's the point here is the not caring, and then people say, but then you talked about it. My not caring is that, (laughs) like, it's everywhere, and I just kind of swipe past it to, like – because there's so many other things that you can talk about than just – who someone's dating and until it's serious i don't really even see
1: i i, I get the attraction because uh, he's on my fantasy football you like team football yeah but
2: what is this guy like i read that his ex girlfriends are not fans like right. my exes if you talk to my exes they would say it didn't work out but they would not say be careful she's this
1: way you know next week on the podcast we'll be joined by sarah haynes's exes <laughs> looking forward to that Um, All right. I I, I get what you're saying. I will say the one clarifying moment for me was there was a shot of there was a touchdown, a shot of her celebrating in the in the the suite and then a smash cut to an ad for the Taylor Swift errors movie, which I have opening night tickets for. But yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like.
2: So let me just say, because it's a podcast, so you have to hear me say, I told you so.
1: We'll see. We'll see. All right. Now, speaking of all the press that came out of this. It speaks to the power of the podcast and it's really blowing up. Every Lots time we every time we talk about something, it's getting a tremendous amount of press. In fact, on this podcast, Sonny had said she wanted to host the US version of that show, Naked Attraction. And and now there might actually be interest in her doing that. You're the host of The Chase. Could you ever do a show like Naked Attraction and, and
2: looking at No. <laughs> <laughs> I always said I loved the Chase because I love games. Games bring for me, family together. And you come in and it's like level ground. It's not, you know, on The View, we talk politics. It can be divisive because you have to share your opinion. On a game night, you cheer for the teams right in front of you. You decide there's not consequential bills being passed. It's just fun and everyone's leaning in and you feel like you're getting smarter. Mm -hmm. That show doesn't give me those same feelings for a thousand reasons. You're not going to sit down with your kids at night and watch this show, Naked Half Down. I don't know what it's called. Naked Attraction. Right, that one. Um, I also just think that it's not exactly unifying. It feels a little bit like physical body shaming. <laughs> it's everything I don't stand for in my life. It's just not something. Have you
1: seen it? Have you actually watched it?
2: I can't after the elephant tattoo, which Sunny reenacted for me. Okay. I know yeah. I, I haven't watched it either. I okay. should, but I probably, to do justice to Sunny's obsession, should watch it. But the last show she recommended was Emily in Paris. It was a very different show.
1: Yeah, this is what I'm saying. You guys are all kind of switching roles and changing up. She needs to go back to church.
2: I think she's taken time off. I think she needs to get her...
1: Now, again, as a producer, I I see the appeal of someone like Sunny Hostin, who is uh, generally kind of... Prudish. <laughs> watching, she's a total prude. Yeah, watching this show and having her
2: in the room and having her reaction shots and everything else—that's that's oh producing she would gold. be jaw. Um, yeah, but the problem is, Sunny also has a career where yes. people have to take her seriously. Sure, she's a lawyer. You start doing that show, and it shows up on the resume with you being a former prosecutor and all the other I things. Think and I think she'd be fine.
1: I think she'd be fine. I'm I'm entirely in, in favor of this. I, I think it's good. I want it as a seamless block with the Chase late at night on ABC. I think it's fantastic. Do not put
2: those back to back. Do not touch my that show. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, on that note, we are done. Thank you for listening, Sarah. Thank you for being here as always. Try to th- go to bed tonight thinking about the fact that tomorrow you're on a live television show and need to watch your mouth. Okay. All right. Potty great. mouth
2: is being killed off.
1: All right. Tomorrow, uh, someone who never blurts, Joy Behar, will, meet, uh, will be here with us.
2: Oh, my God. I look like a saint. Are you kidding me? Exactly. Definitely put me before her.
1: Joy's on tomorrow. Thank you for listening. As always, if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. See you tomorrow.
2: Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer.